Thank God for what he's doing. Well, we've been ministering, and I'm going to continue that this morning. I told you I don't know how long it's going to take. I've, I've done teachings on end times before, and I've done it in six teachings, and sometimes eight teachings, but I'm going to tell you something. It's an exhaustive, it's an exhaustive thing, especially since we're living in the time we're living in. In the day that we're living in right now, we're seeing Bible prophecy come to pass. We're seeing these things that were prophesied years ago. We're seeing these things that the preachers back in the 40s and 30s and 40s and 50s, they preached, they had revelation on it, but we didn't, we weren't experiencing some of these things prophetically that's happening today. But today, we're in the middle of it all. We're seeing the end time prophecies beginning to come to pass very quickly, just like that. Things have been happening, and you've been watching the news. Uh, Russia, the big bear, you know, you know, I don't, you, I, you, <laughs> you can't really be friends with someone that sold their soul out to the devil. Putin has proven through the years. And, and uh, but you know, the thing is, he seems to be the key figure right now. And we're going to talk this morning a little bit about Gog and Magog in the end times. Because it's in, it's in the newspapers, it's, in the new, it's on the news, it's, it's on everybody's lips about what's taking place in this world. Well, that's what we've been talking about on Sunday mornings here is the end times. We're in the end times. We're in the end of the end times. We're in that generation. I believe, I really believe with all my heart that this is the generation. Our generation right now, we're going to see the coming of the Lord. A lot of our forefathers and a lot of our great men and women of God have went on to be with the Lord. But they preached it. Dave Wilkerson was one of the greatest prophets of God in this end time ministry. I mean, he hit it right on the head. Many, many times when he prophesied. And a lot of people didn't take it uh, very, very well. <laughs> Even a lot of full gospel folks didn't take it very well. A lot of a lot of his own denomination didn't take it very well. You know why? Because we're living in that generation that even if the very elect could be deceived, they're going to be deceived. We're living in that generation. And we're living in that generation where the woke movement is literally, it's not just in sparsely places, it's around the world. It's a worldwide movement. It's all anti-God. You know, they're, listen, I'm telling you, we're living in a generation, I don't know if I'd want to be starting family right now or not, you know, if I was young. Uh, I mean, they're teaching in schools. You know, you can choose your own pronoun. Well, I only need one pronoun, me growing up, I'm a, I'm a he. Amen? And I never did want to be a she. And I don't want to be both. <laughs> you know, but the thing is, this, this woke movement is moving around the world. It's a worldwide move against God. It's anti-God. It's anti-scripture. It's anti-church. It's anti-everything. And we need to understand where, what, where we are and where we're living. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Because it's in, it's in the news every day. And it's going to be in the news for a few more days. I don't know how long it'll be in the news. Things are things are trumping up right now, big time. And the timing of these things are happening. And we've talked about the coming of the Lord. I want to tell you something. I believe with all my heart, this is the generation that's going to see the coming of the Lord. I believe that. With all the signs that's happening, it can't go on forever. And if you look at, and I, 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 don't, I don't judge everything by the Jewish calendar, but it's pretty accurate. <laughs> everything that's happened from Genesis to Revelation, I, I mean, the Jewish calendar is happening. 
And, and we see it. We had the creation of the earth. 2,000 years later was the flood. 2,000 years after that, here comes the birth of Jesus. 6,000 years have gone by. We're actually in, in the uh, remainder of that time. We're in the 7,000th. That, that 7,000th year. And, and our time, our calendars is not adjusted totally to the Jewish calendar. But we're getting pretty close to that time where the coming of the Lord draws nigh. That last thousand years, guess what? That will be here upon this earth. But before that, the church is going to go, <laughs> and we're going to come back with the Lord, and it's going to, we're going to be executing judgment. But let's read some things. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 7 through 8. It says, For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. I don't think that's the right one there. Okay. The end of time is we're knowing. And we're going to know eternity one day. And there'll be no time in eternity. But right now, the end of our time, the, 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 the regulated time here in this earth, we're, we're, we're coming to the end of that. And it's very evident that we're going to see it. And a lot of people have gone home to be with the Lord with this hope in their heart. They had this hope in their heart. I, I know people from years ago, they, they had this hope that they would be here for the coming of the Lord. That's okay. There's nothing wrong. I believe God wants us to have that hope, that expectancy in our heart. And it'd been great if it happened back then. You know, whatever, whenever it happened, it's going to be the greatest event in the world. Because we're going to be with the Lord forever and ever. Amen. But they had every right to believe and look for that great day. Every one of them had that right. And I, I, I tell you what, I don't criticize nobody that looks for the coming of the Lord. Uh, I, I don't criticize nobody that says, he's coming soon. He is coming soon. And I'm not going to criticize somebody and say, he's, you know, well, we got plenty of time. And that's what's happened. A lot of people think they got plenty of time. They're just living like they want to live and don't want to live and serve God. I want to tell you something. We need to get things right with the Lord. Amen. But the signs they saw during that era were very important and pointed to the soon return of Christ. Even during those years back in the 40s and 30s, the only person that knows the, the time is God himself. The Father. And that's what Jesus told them. Only my Father knows. Only he knows the exact time. And when the exact time comes, the Father will say, go get the church. Go get them. When that time comes. And so, we're, we know we're living. I'll tell you what. Every day, we're living on that brink of the coming of the Lord. We're living on that brink. Uh, uh, when I say the coming of the Lord, that would be the catching away and the, or the rapture of the church. But we're living on that brink. Because the Lord's going to come back. And when he comes back with all the thousands of saints with him, he's going to come and set up his kingdom on this earth for a thousand years. And then for a short while, the devil's going to be loose. We're not going to get on all those details, but he'll be loose for just a very short while. And then he'll be taken down. And then the end of the world as we know it now will happen. But I want to tell you something. God's going to create a new... <laughs> There'll be new heavens. There'll be new earth. He's, he's created it, recreated it, and God's going to—it's going to be perfect. Everything's going to be perfect, just like God says it would be. But today, the great question is: This the very end in signs before the return of Jesus Christ? And with all that's happening with Russia, and all that's happening with the Ukraine. Now, the Ukraine is a very good. Listen, some people say, "Well, how's the Ukraine involved in this?" The Ukraine is a very important part of the end time. And I'm going to show that in just a few minutes. But the very end, the, the, a lot of people say, is this the very end? And, and I can say, well, we're, if it's not the very end, we're pretty close to the very end. Amen? It's coming. And Ezekiel 38 and 39, we're going to find some answers here. And this is where we're going to begin today's teaching. But I want to begin with the rebirth of Israel. And over in Ezekiel, the 37th chapter. Uh, we're, we're going to just see what 
what Ezekiel saw. Ezekiel, a prophet of God, saw way, way, way ahead of time on things that's going to happen. Look at it said, the hand of the Lord came upon me. Now remember, Israel had always been a powerful nation in this earth until they were they were defeated and captivity and different things happened to them, trying to trying to get rid of them and, and trying to annihilate them from the earth. But you know what? God still had his promise. God still had his word. And the devil cannot hinder God's word, God's promises from being fulfilled. But although we saw that Israel, they were they had no nation. They were no people. They were no people when you look at it. Just, they were not regarded as a nation, regarded as people. Of, they didn't belong anywhere. They, were, they had all been taken captive. You remember those times of Babylonian captivity and, and Daniel was there. The three Hebrew children were there. They tried to kill them in that time of captivity. But you know what? God supernaturally brought the three Hebrew children through, didn't he? And he brought Daniel through supernaturally during captivity time. And so we need to understand that, that, that during, the devil's always been against God's people. Trying to annihilate them. But, and it looked like through the ages and through the years, Israel, see, I, when I was in school, I didn't study about Israel, I studied about Palestine. Y'all remember those days? Some of y'all that's my age? <laughs> it was Palestine. You know, it wasn't Israel. Palestine, it was an Arab nation. Palestine, the Palestinians were Arabic. They, 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 they were not the, the Jews. The Jews were scattered. They were everywhere, all over the earth. Sc just scattered, waiting for that time that God would rebirth it. But in the 37th chapter of Ezekiel, we're going to see the rebirth of Israel prophesied here by Ezekiel. But look what he says. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. <laughs> then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in that open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? Now, these bones were the bones of Israel, Israelites. They had been defeated physically. And God said, can these bones live, Ezekiel? Ezekiel said, Lord, only thou knowest that. That'd be like God sending you out somewhere where there's a big valley of, where people have been slaughtered or something and all the bones are out there decaying and rotting and God said, can these bones live? I don't know what my reply would be. I'd probably say, would you repeat that question for me? <laughs> I've got to think about a good answer. Can these bones live? But look what Ezekiel said. Lord, only you know. Ezekiel said, only thou knowest. God knows everything. God knows his own calendar. God knows where we are today. He knows where you're going to be tomorrow. And God's words are not void. And God's words are not something that he just speaks that will never be fulfilled. Every jot and tittle of the word of God will be fulfilled. Because God is God. Amen? And his word is true. But look what he said. Lord, you know what he said to me. And the Lord said to him, prophesy to these bones. My goodness. Now, you know what? It takes faith. It takes somebody, Brother H.B., that knows that God's not playing games with them. Prophesy to these bones. God may put you in a situation sometime, you know, where there's a sickness that hits your loved one or someone that's right there that, that 
Now, we know there's a time that God has this timetable of all of us. And there comes a time to take us out of here. Amen? But, but what I'm saying is God may speak to you and say, what are you going to do? Can these bones live? <laughs> Lord, only thou knowest. And look what the Lord said. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will put sinews upon you, and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. Now God emphasizes that, doesn't he? He emphasizes that part of the promise, you shall live. Israel is not going to be annihilated. Israel is not going to be destroyed. Why? Because they are still God's people. And I tell you, as long as we bless Israel, we're going to be blessed. As long as we pray for Israel, we're going to be blessed. And this is what the Lord wants us to do. But look what he said. I'll put sinews, cover you with skin, put the breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Ezekiel said this. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And suddenly, a rattling, and the bones came together. Bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them. And the skin covered them over. But there was no breath in them. And he said unto me, prophesy to the winds. O breath. And breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded to, to me. It said, Son of man, these bones are the whole. Uh, and, and they stood up. He, he, he prophesied. And breath came into them. And they lived and stood up on their feet as an exceeding great army. Now this is in Ezekiel long before Israel even became a nation. Here. That we're in our time. Then he said, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry and our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you from your graves, I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land, then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. And then he says, Again the word of the Lord came to me, saying, As for you, son of man, take a stick for yourself and ride on it. For Judah and for the children of Israel, his companions, then take another stick and ride on it. For Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and for all the house of Israel and his companions, then join them one to another, for yourself into one stick, and they will become one in your hand. When the children of your people speak to you, saying, Will you not show us what you mean by these? Say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Surely I'll take the stick of Joseph, which is the, in the hand of Ephraim, and the tribes of Israel, his companions, and I will join them with it, with this, uh, with the stick of Judah, and make them one stick, and they will be companions. And I will join them with it, and with the stick of Judah, make them one stick, and they will be one in my hand. And the sticks on which you will, uh, that you write, will be in your hand before their eyes. Then say to them, Thus says the Lord, Surely I will take the children of Israel from among the nations, wherever they have gone, and will gather them from every side, and bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation to the land on the mountains of Israel. One king shall be king over them. They shall no longer uh, be two nations, nor shall they ever be divided into two kingdoms again. They shall not defile themselves any more with their idols, nor their de detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions. But I will deliver them from all their dwelling places in which they have sinned, and will cleanse them. Then they shall be my people, and I will be their God. David, my servant, shall be king over them. They shall all have one shepherd. They shall also walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. They shall dwell in the land that I have given to them. Uh, uh, and where your fathers dwelt, they shall dwell there. They, their children, and their children's children forever. 
My dear servant and my servant David shall be their prince forever. Moreover, I'll make a covenant of peace with them, and there shall be an everlasting covenant with them, and I will establish them and multiply them. I'll set my sanctuary in their midst forevermore. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Indeed, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. The nations will know it, that I am the Lord. Sanctify Israel when my sanctuary is in their midst forevermore. God rebirthed them. See, that valley of dry bones that, it, that Ezekiel saw was the army of Israel. They had been defeated. They'd been out there <laughs> long enough to decay, long enough for all the skin to be rotted off. All the bones were displaced, I guess, through the ravenous beast that came through and all of that that was enjoying their meals. But you know what? God said, can they live? Can they live? You know, God may ask us a question one day concerning your own vision, concerning your own life, concerning the life of our church, concerning can this place live? Hallelujah. God is our source of life. And I'll tell you something. When God establishes something, there's no man that can stop it. Because God's word is true. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter who it is. The devil's a liar. Can you say praise God? Now, the timeline of Israel from 1600 B.C. to August 13th, 2013. I want to tell you something. Israel began to take place. Something began to happen with Israel. And you know, we need to understand that uh, over in Ezekiel 38, 1 and 2, which, let's look at that for just a minute. Because Israel sees the nation that God's bringing together. The displaced nation. And, you know, that, that there's something on, on, on what we, we're looking at here is the fact that, that you know, that all this time, 1948, how many remember 1948? Israel. Well, I don't remember it. I was only a year old. But uh, <laughs> but 1948, I read it in history, Israel was declared a nation after World War II. Now, did you notice how Hitler, and even during that period, now I, I, didn't, I, I wasn't, uh, like I said, I was just a year old when all that was over with. But in 1948, Israel became a nation recognized as a sovereign nation. Now, Israel, when you look at the map in your Bible maps and stuff, you'll see what Israel, Israel was a vast territory. And that's the territory God is going to give back to them, by the way. But they got just a little sliver. Israel, it was just a little bitty sliver on the map if you looked at it. After, after all of this happened, a little sliver, but they were declared a nation. Ben-Gurion was part of that. 1948. <laughs> I mean, knows that's not really that long ago. Things have been happening big time in the history of the church in Israel. And, but they also, in 1967, I do remember this, but 1967 they had what they call the famous Six-Day War. And several nations came against them. But you know what they did? Israel won. Israel won. And their boundaries expanded. Hallelujah. They never had Jerusalem, but now they're over, they, they, they occupy Jerusalem, where the temple is. Now, that temple is very important to the Jews. It's very important to the Jews. And we need to understand, that's, that's, that's the same temple 
Now, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but, but that's the same temple in the next few years, because I believe it's going to be very sharply. The next few years, that's where the Antichrist is going to offer that sacrifice upon the altar that's an insult to the Jews. Instead of the sacrifice that God required, it's going to be an old pig put on there. And that's not what they're supposed to sacrifice. And but but it's going to be that's when the antichrist is going to do that. It's, there again, it's another attempt to annihilate God's people. Another attempt to annihilate God's people. But thank God, God keeps His word. Israel is a supernatural nation. From the very beginning of time, when God spoke to Abraham, and He left that land of idolatry that He was living in, and started following God. And God said, lift up your eyes and behold, as far as you can see, this is going to be the land of Israel. It's going to be the land of your people. And Abraham is the father of Israel. And what was amazing, when I went to Israel back in uh, 85, I believe it was 85, uh, somewhere along there. <laughs> but uh, Abraham's buried, you know, right there. Uh, in, in, in right close to Jerusalem. And all the Arabs and the Jews claim him as their father, which he is the father of all of them. Because remember Ishmael was produced because Abraham and, and Sarah, they couldn't wait. And Sarah encouraged it. And Abraham obeyed and submitted <laughs> And Ishmael was produced and born. But one day, they looked out there, and Ishmael was going against Isaac, the promised child. And that's when they had to send him forth. Ishmael is part of the Arab nations, the Ishmaelites. And all of these Arab nations have been formed out of all of these uh, bloodlines of these people that came out of that. But we need to understand that God is still in charge. Can you say amen? I'll tell you, God, God's going to do it. God's going to do what he said he would do. But let's look at God and made God, because this is where all the news is upon right now today. Look at Ezekiel 38, 1 and 2. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, set your face against God of the land of Magog, and the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. And Magog, Meshach, and Tubal were all sons of Japheth. Japheth uh, was one of the three sons of Noah. Remember, Noah was the only righteous person in the world back when the earth was destroyed with water. Noah preached. It took him 120 years to build that ark. 120 years to build that ark. But, you know, during all that period of time, he was preaching to them. He was preaching to them. And his sons helped him build that ark. Anybody could have got on the ark with them, but nobody did. They jeered him, they refused him, and the whole earth was destroyed. Now, you know, a lot of people still, a lot of people still don't believe that the flood took place, the great flood. They don't believe that uh, the ark was able to survive in, in, in something like that. But I'll tell you what, I don't know if you ever have an opportunity or not to take a vacation or something, but up in. Uh, Ohio and Kentucky, or is somewhere up there, it's right out of Ohio and Kentucky line. Uh, the, the Creation Museum. I'll tell you something, it's an interesting thing to see. They have built a replica of the ark, Noah's ark, a replica, same size, everything. The whole replica of the ark that Noah built is there for you to tour and to see. And you can do it online and tour it that way too if you want to. It is amazing what you can do online nowadays. Amen. A lot of people, they buy their houses just going online and touring and looking at the house and never even go see it in person. Then they just buy it and go get it. Amen. But listen, God, God used Noah, but his eight sons, they all went a different way. And so, a lot of Noah's sons were part of this, and, uh, and, and they're part of uh, the Russia, the modern-day Russia that we have today. 
But look, God, God is a person who rules. When, when you look at the scriptures about God and Magog, God is a person who rules over the land of Magog, Russia. Russia means the prince of Rosh. Gog is Rosh is the old root word for the land of Russia. Russia, Russia is still going to be an important part of this end time. When you see all of this stuff being stirred up with Russia, Russia will not rule the world, by the way. <laughs> it won't be Russia that does it. But Russia is Gog and Magog. And the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, set your face against God. The land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. And, and, and say what it is. Now, what is north of Jerusalem? If you look at a map, when you look at north of Jerusalem, what's north of there is Moscow. That's north of Jerusalem right now. What's north of Russia? Nothing's north of Russia. So we have to be talking about when it says the king of the north coming down, it would have to be from Magog or Moscow coming down upon, um, uh, upon Israel. And the king of the south is the Arab-African coalition that many of them are, are Arabic in their beliefs and, and things of this nature. I want to tell you something. The Antichrist spirit, anti-God spirit, has been here from the very beginning. From the day that Adam and Eve fell, the anti-God spirit was present. And the anti-God spirit was prevailing through the human race that God created. And that's where the anti-God spirit came in. There was no problems in this earth until Lucifer showed up. And he began to deceive Adam and Eve. Now, notice, he could not just take over. He had to get in her thinking to deceive her. The devil's not going to just take over somebody. He gets in their mind and deceives them. He starts with a little lie, and it ends up with a big, big lie. But that's the way the devil works. And this is the way this end time is working. Deception comes as we listen to the lies of the evil one that is anti-God, anti-Christ. Listen, there's a lot of people that's walking around in this earth that they would dare think about being, uh, being tagged as anti-Christ. But you know what? They're anti-Christ because they're doing everything against Christ. Teaching, preaching, living, it's all anti-God. It's anti What is it? It's the devil deceiving the hearts of men to turn them away from God. I'm, I'm not one of those preachers that beat people on the head. You know what? I think we need to knock them upside the head sometimes. <laughs> knock some sense into some of them, you know. But God is made God. And I, I, I'm, I'm sharing this with you this morning because this, this is in the news right now. This is events taking place. And so the rest of the nations that are dragged into battle between God and made God versus the kings of the south are identified as Persia. Cush and Put will be with them. All its shields and helmets, also Gomer with all its troops and Beth to Gomorrah. From the far north with all its troops of many nations with you. Persia. How many remember reading about Persia when you was in high school? I did. But Persia is modern day Iran. Hmm. Isn't that amazing? How many noticed Iran been in the news? It's been in the news for quite a few years. But the, the Persia is a reference to modern day Iran. Cush. Describes present-day Ethiopia and the nations of Central Africa. Now, these are nations that are going to eventually align themselves up with the Antichrist to try to come in and, and, and destroy and take over. Putin, Libya are located in northern Africa. Gomer is the people who settled in Germany. 
See, how many knows that we're spirit beings? And we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. And I'm telling you, by my experience, that when you fly into the uh, fly zones and the areas of these countries that are very atheistic and satanic ruled, you can feel the oppression as you're going through the airspace. The principalities, what's the Bible say? The principalities and powers of the air. And at the same time, you can feel when you come back, back, well, I don't know what it'd be like. I haven't flown in quite a few years, a few years. But when you come back into the airspace of the United States, you begin to feel the peace and the joy. I remember when we flew to Israel that time, when we flew into, uh, we, we had to, we had one stop, and and we were delayed there for a little while. And I tell you what, that was a bad thing. They took our suitcases. our suitcases didn't get on the on the on, on the plane with us to get to Jerusalem, you know. And uh, we were there, and the first night we were there, we were sitting in our hotel room, and didn't we didn't have no change of clothes, no nothing, and, you know. And finally, the, Dr. Roy Blizzard, he was the man that we went with, and and he he called up to the room. He said, "Clarence, are you coming down?" I said, well, sir, I said, we got a little dilemma on our hands. I said, our clothes didn't make it. And I said, I'm not going to come down there with these clothes on. I've had on for two or three days now, you know. But you know what? They got there finally. Thanks the Lord. But you can you can sense in, in, in the in the air space over these countries you can sense it. I've been to Africa several times in some of these countries. You can start feeling the darkness and the power of the darkness. I, I, we've driven into some cities that are very demonic controlled, even in America, and you can sense it. There's there, there are principalities and powers of the air. And that's what we're wrestling. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood, by the way. But against these spiritual wickedness and powers of the air. But modern Iran, Libya, all of these places. Uh, Beth Togamara is Asia Minor in Turkey. Turkey's going to still be a very important part of this end time also. And these nations will basically align with Russia. Eventually they're going to align with Russia. This thing with Russia is not over with, by the way. <laughs> it's not going to just, like, snap your finger, it's going to be gone and done with it. No, sir. Russia is still going to be a very important part of this thing. And uh, we're, we're going to see that. But right now, if it's not the timing, God's not going to allow it to happen. How many knows God has the timing on everything? God, only God knows. Jesus himself said, I don't even know. When I'm coming back. Only the Father knows that time. And he will give me the instructions. To do what's supposed to be done. But uh, you know. Ezekiel 38 and 39. Is talking about. The modern day. Number one Israel being rebirthed. And then God and Magog. These countries that are coming down against Israel. And we're seeing the fulfillment of these things as we're sitting here today. There's things going on that we won't be aware of until later. But there's things happening as we, as we begin to see all of this happen. And uh, I'm not going to go through all of those chapters, but you need to take time to study out Ezekiel 36, 37, 38, and 39. Just study it and see what the Lord is saying there. And uh, so we can see what God's doing but God is saying, you know, God has the last say so. That, that's the thing we need to understand. God has the last say so on everything. No, no man, no nation, no dictator is going to say what is going to happen. God has the last say so. And God's kind of given us a preview of it as, you, as we study the Word and we begin to get, let the Holy Spirit reveal these things to us as we study the word and read the word, we'll begin to see that we're living in that time. 
And we're, we're going to see all of these things begin to take place. But all, listen, we need to, we need to really pray for the Ukrainian people. There's a lot of Christians in Ukraine. A lot of believers. And uh, this thing that's happening, we just need to pray that God protect them, keep them, and, and uh, bring them forth on, on this thing. But Jesus returns, and he laughs at his enemies. The Bible said Jesus is going to laugh. He's going to laugh at his enemies. Jesus is going to laugh and mock them. Mm-hmm. So he said, well, that doesn't seem too nice of Jesus doing that. But you know what? When people have sold their soul to the devil, they're the possession of the devil. Amen? And I want to tell you something. There is a point of no return for human beings. There is a point of no return. There's a point of no return. I, I tell people all the time that just work going in and out, backsliding, get back to God, backsliding, get back to God, backsliding, get back to God, backsliding, get back to God. They get back to God when things are going bad, and then when they, things are going good, they backslide. Y'all, y'all know people like that. I know a lot of people like that. I want to tell you something. One day, it's going to be too late. One day, they won't be able to get back in. One day, the doors of, the Noah, of Noah's ark were shut. The Bible says God shut the door. And when the waters began to rise, I'm sure those mockers and those scoffers were trying to claw their way into that boat. But there's no way. Even if Noah wanted to, he couldn't open the door because God shut the door. I want to tell you something. When God shuts the door, there's no hope for that person or that individual, or that nation, if God shuts the door. And when God shuts the door. And one day, the door will be shut forever as far as people come into the Lord because they have, they have rebelled, they have resisted, they have had stubborn spirits against God, they have not wanted to do what God said. Listen, God didn't save you to live like you want to live. He saved you to live like He wants you to live. He saved you to let Him be possessor of your body and soul and spirit and mind. God saved us because He loved us. And He wants us to have the results of what He's given us. So it's important. I've heard people say, boy, I tell you, I've been trying to get my kids back in church. You know, they got to get back in church. They come back to church. But you know what? Getting back to church ain't going to do nothing. Getting back in church. What they have to do is get back to the Lord. Yield themselves to the Lord. Now mind you, getting them in church is going to help them get that and make that decision. I'm not saying that. I mean, I said what I'm saying. But we can't, we can't wait because of fear of what's happening on this earth. Dear Lord, I can't. I, 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 I don't know Brother Ferris, so I can. I don't think I can. I don't think I could survive if, if they were coming in and go cut my tongue out or cut my hand off or. Uh, listen, the disciples did. They endured because God was with them. And you know what I believe? I believe there's many times, Brother H.P., that when they were, when they were destroyed and tortured and mutilated, I, I believe they just sat there and just, thank you, Jesus. In fact, Fox, Fox's Book of Martyrs, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to read any of that, but it, it gives accounts of people that were dying and being tortured, that in their, they were, some of them were being burned, and they were just, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, just no pain, no pain. Why? Because I believe that's what God's power can do. God is still God. The devil does not have any power because God has stripped him of all of his power and authority, but he only has power over those that believe his lies. Believe in lying vanities, the Bible says, we forsake our own mercy. So therefore, we have to understand what the Lord is telling us on these things. But over in Zechariah, 14, 12 through 13. This is talking about a plague that's coming up on 
some. And, I, and, and to me, it sounds like a thermonuclear exchange of some sort and what it's doing. But this is the plague which the Lord will strike all the nations that fall against Jerusalem. Their flesh will rot while they're still standing on their feet. Now, this is what a nuclear explosion does. You know, when the atomic bomb was first released, America did that one. But it stopped the war just like that. But the Lord is even talking about it here in Zechariah, that the, this plague which the Lord will strike all the nations that fought against Jerusalem, that fought against Jerusalem. Listen, God doesn't let anything go without his notice. He knows those that bless Israel. He knows those that curse Israel. And I want to be one of those that bless Israel. <laughs> Amen? That bless them. And look, they said... They will rot while they're standing on their feet. Their eyes will rot in their sockets. Their tongues will rot in their mouths. All that day, people will be stricken by the Lord with great panic. They will seize each other by the hand and attack one another. But that's over in Zechariah. Now, it, it's talking about some things that's happening in the future. We're going to see, well, we're not going to see it, <laughs> but people's going to see the, the, the power of God and what God's going to do. But some of this stuff is going to be something that God permits through thermonuclear warfare. Now, that's not to put fear in people. How many believe God's still able to preserve and to keep his people? And God's going to do it. Revelations 19, 17 through 18. The two suppers of God at the end time. I saw an angel standing in the sun who cried in the a loud voice to all the birds flying in midair, come gather together for the great supper of God, so that you may eat the flesh of kings, generals, and the mighty, of horses and their riders, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, great and small. Then the Revelation 19 talks about the big event, the, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Over in Revelation 19.9, then the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. This is that marriage feast when Jesus, the bridegroom, takes his church for his bride. Listen, all this is in the Bible. And, and, and as I began to study this out, I started getting excited. We're in, we're in, we're witnessing the end of the end. Personally, this is my personal thinking. But according to what's taking place in our nation and in our world right now, the global reset is happening right now. There's some things you're not going to be able to stop. We're not going to be able to stop all the things that's going to begin to happen. The global reset has begun. They're wanting to take over. Listen, they're already talking about doing away with getting your checks or or anything like that, it's all good. And all of us that's already on our <coughs> SS, you know, uh, it's, and we do, we got an automatic deposit in our account, you know. I mean, it's, it's there. It's, it's convenient, right? It's convenient. And it just comes in with that day. It's supposed to be there. Boom, it's right there on the thing. Full, available, full, uh, full amount, available, right there at that moment. Isn't that wonderful? But they're wanting to digitize everything. It's getting to a point where you won't even get a check from the payma- from your paymaster that you're working for, because it's going to be it's going to go, this digital this digital system is being set up worldwide. Guess who's, who's guess who's wanting to be one of the main instigators of this thing? China. They've got all the technology. Did you know the global reset date is 2030? 2030? How many knows this is 2022? That's eight years down the road, right? Well, you start calculating. How many knows there are seven years in the Great Tribulation? (laughs) So what that tells me is I got my ear. Trump of God? We don't know when 
it's going to happen as far as knowing when. We just know it's going to be soon. And I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. I believe it's going to happen just like God said it would happen. But you know what? We're living in that time. And if 2030 is the global reset date by the international leaders of this world, I'm telling you, they're wanting to put one world system in order, in order for us to survive. But you know what? As I said, we don't need the fear. How many knows we don't need the fear? Amen? Why? Because God's on our side. How many glad God's on your side this morning? But look what God, look what the Lord said. Uh, Paul's writing this. He said, Beloved, I'll write you this second epistle. In both which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first. Scoffers will come in the last days. Not scoffers? Y'all don't know any scoffers, do you? Do you know Pentecostal people used to be the laughing stock of the world? And yet, when somebody really got in trouble, guess who they'd call? They'd call their Pentecostal friends that believed that God could do anything. Amen? I'd rather be one of those crazy ones that believe that God can do it and let God do it than to be one of those that don't know for sure whether God can or won't. <laughs> I believe God will. Can you say amen? But look what it said. I write the second epistle. This is Paul. That you stir up your pure mind by way of remembrance. That you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, scoffers will come in the last days. Walking according to their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Listen, I've had people that I've known for years, some kin to me, <laughs> but they've also said the same thing. I've heard this all my life. Where's the promise of his coming? I've heard it all my life. One day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. God's timetable. Listen, a thousand years, two thousand years is just a drop in the bucket for eternity. It's nothing. For this they willfully forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water. Talk about when he did it with the flood. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for the for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Mm -hmm. And the day of the Lord. But look what he said in verse 10. But, of the day, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking forward and hastening the coming of the uh, of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to His purpose, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Be steadfast, He said in the next verse. Therefore, beloved, being forward to these things, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by Him in peace without spot and blameless, and consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also as our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all the epistles, uh, uh, speaking in them of these things in which we are now, uh, which are some things hard to understand. Y'all think some things are hard to understand right now? I do. 
There's still some things I don't understand, but I tell you what, my understanding is getting better. I tell you what, as you begin to see history and news and all that's happening and line it up with the Word of God, your understanding comes. The Holy Spirit opens it up to you. And and it's hard, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction as they do also the rest of the Scriptures. You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the air of the wicked, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. So tomorrow morning, or tonight even, when you look at the news, and you hear all the news that's happening right now, listen, Russia's not going to win right now. I read the back of the book. Russia is not going to win. It may look like they're winning, but they're not going to win because God is going to supernaturally intervene for God's people over there. They're going to see some supernatural events take place as God does. I'd like to be, I wish I could have been, I wish I could just been like an angel flying around on that six-day war in Israel in 1967. I, I just, I, listen, there's no way, there's no way in the natural they could win. Only God with them. I, I'd like to have been there with some of those enemy, in some of those enemy tanks. Seeing some of the things. They may have seen some angelic beings. Wonder where they got these super people. Listen, God's God. In six days, though, they won territory that's still. And they left those tanks out there on the side of the road that they blew up from the enemy. They left them there, and they're still there to this day as a memorial of what God did and God can do and God is going to do. Amen? Listen, we need to understand God is the God of His Word. And God will keep His word. God, listen, Jesus is going to come soon. That's a promise from the Lord. We can bank on it. God's going to do it. And I, I tell you what, somebody said, well, when's it going to happen? I know a lot of people try to predict the day. You can't know the day of the time. Only God Himself knows that. But the one thing about it, we do know the seasons we're in. And the season is Jesus is coming. And I tell you what, it's exciting. Just watching the newscast is exciting. Seeing what God is doing in this world. Things are happening according to prophetic utterances from the prophets of God. And it's exciting. Listen, we're, we're living in the most exciting time to be a believer and be a Christian is in this time we're in right now. God's going to do some supernatural things. God's going to do it. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is prevailing in our lives. And we thank you that we understand and know, God, what your word declares. And we just praise you for it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I believe it's going to be a great, wonderful day one day. Oh, what a day. That will be when my Jesus I shall see, when I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, and he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day! Glorious day that will be. Could you lift your hand just sing it to the Lord this morning? Oh, what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see when I look upon his face. The one who saved me by his grace and he takes me by the hand.